Welcome to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. In a troubled world, riddled with endless pursuits, we have a place of peace and rest in Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us in worshiping Him and following Him in a life-transforming journey. Now, here's my friend Ben to introduce today's sermon. Good morning. Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho welcomes you as we listen to the second and final half in our series, Faith Over Fear. Do not fear, a short command, but arguably the most difficult command to obey. We so often overlook this command as if it's just a suggestion. But is fear always a sin? Follow along today as we learn how our faith in Jesus should properly direct our fear in a way that honors rather than besmirches God the Father. Fear is like radiation. It may be powerful, but it destroys in time. But also fear is good. Fear can protect Fear can save you from death. The American Heritage Dictionary says about fear, it's a feeling of agitation or anxiety by the presence of imminence or danger. It's a very powerful emotion, a feeling of agitation and anxiety, or also an extreme reverence or awe is towards a supreme power. Well, we got to start with the good part. There is something that we would call a life-giving fear because the Bible talks about it. The beginning of knowledge is what? Fear of the Lord. Look at Proverbs 1 verse 7. So there's something about fear that God uses for good purpose. In this case, actually leads to an eternal purpose. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Something like Saul, as he was on his way to do what he wanted to do in persecuting the church on the way to Damascus, Jesus appears before him and he doesn't say a word to begin with. And Saul just falls on his face as he sees the glory and he's blinded. All that Saul can do is say, Lord, who are you? He's falling in repentance, falling in in surrender. And all he could say, Lord, who are you? coming to the idea of what would you want me to do? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. He, he found Jesus and he knew what Jesus was and what he wanted and everything changed about Saul. That was the beginning, the change of his life. Also, the fear of the Lord, as you're walking with God and you, you love Him, you understand what His holiness is, and now we name it the fear of the Lord. Not necessarily the action of being cowering before God. Now it becomes a definition of what it means to believe in God and to walk with God. It says here in Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. In other words, If I love the Lord, I will hate evil. The fear of the Lord, the desire to know Him, to walk with Him, to obey Him, to be His child, that's the fear of the Lord, is the hatred of evil. That's the good kind of fear. And again, the same idea of the the naming of this obedience to the Lord, the fear of the Lord will also 
prolong life, will give you long life. So this kind of goes against what keep, we keep saying, the good die young. Not what this verse says. Look at Proverbs 10, 27. The fear of the Lord. In other words, loving God, His principles and the Word, and living according to God's teaching and principles, what does it do? It prolongs life. But the years of the wicked will be short. So be careful. We're not measuring people's faith by the age when they died, okay? But the Bible says something completely different than what the world says. Oh, the good die young, like even the song says. No. The fear of the Lord prolongs life. Not just that, but fear of the Lord living in the desire to be obedient to Him provides confidence a fountain of life, reason to live and purpose. Look at Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord. So if you're loving Him and, and you're afraid not to disobey Him, you're afraid not to miss out on Him and His Word and His teaching, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. In other words, no fear. You will stand, you will walk, you will walk by faith, you will speak by faith. You'll choose not to speak when the Holy Spirit says, don't talk this time. You have strong confidence because you want to be obedient to the Lord. And His children will have a refuge. In that fear of the Lord, there's protection. Look at Proverbs 16, 6, the fear of the Lord. Again, from the hatred of evil. It's not just speaking that, oh, I, I don't want to do this and I can't live like that and I'm not going to let that bring me down by living that way. It does much more. It brings that desire and declaration to action. It will prompt you to depart from evil. Proverbs 16, 6. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned. That's what Jesus did. His steadfast love, God's unforgetting, unrelenting love, and God's faithfulness, the Lord Jesus' faithfulness to go to the cross, iniquity is atoned for. So we're saved in Him, in the Messiah. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. How do I not sin? How do I not reach for the glass? How do I not touch the cigarette? How do I not take the drugs? How do I not go to those clubs? It's the fear of the Lord. Again, not the idea of cowering, but the idea of walking within that fellowship and embracing His life and promise. Because those things don't satisfy he does satisfy. Also, Proverbs 19, 23, the fear of the Lord, not will only prolong your life, as we saw earlier, but it will satisfy your life. Paul said, I'm content. I was rich. I've been poor. But you know what? I've learned how to live content. I've got enough in Christ. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Proverbs 19, 23, and whoever has it, who has the fear of the Lord, who loves the Lord and His Word, it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. And so much more. And these are the promises that you choose to believe, even though the flesh or the mind or desire say, no, I want those. But you say, no, I, I fear the Lord. I, I love the Lord. I I I and we say, there's the fear against God's discipline. For whom a father loves, he disciplines, Hebrews chapter 12. And so the father loves us and we step away. We will be disciplined and his discipline and his pruning is painful. It's not rejecting, but it's embracing, but disciplining. So you fear that discipline. 
This also, this fear of the Lord leads to riches and to honor and to abundant life. Proverbs 22 verse 4. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord. So if you choose to walk humbly with the Lord, waiting upon Him to lift you, waiting for Him to open doors and you accept His closed doors, the reward for that is riches and honor and life. And these are most of the time translated in an eternal and even divine and spiritual way. It may not be riches which have zeros beyond the, behind the one, right? Or maybe honor in, in the eyes of people. But when the Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant, that is honor. Fear the Lord. The value of fearing the Lord. Even even believers and non-believers. We all heard of Oswald Chambers. He says, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything Another man, Meister Eckhart, said, the right fear is the fear of losing God, loving Him so. In our case as believers, losing His fellowship, His blessing, His anointing, His leading, for in our sin, in His love, He pulls back the blessings in His discipline. In His love, He is quiet for a bit until we repent. It's the fear of losing that fellowship. That's life-giving fear, because we, hate, we deal enough with life-draining fear. That kind of fear that sucks the desire to live or the courage to live. And look at Peter. Real quick, we see him in two different situations. He's in the boat, there's a storm, there's the waves, there's the disciples trying to bail water out of the, out of the boat. And he sees Jesus, and he's looking at Jesus, and he says, if it's you, Jesus, I want to walk. And the Lord says, come, and he's walking to Jesus. That's him looking at Jesus, walking over the waves. And the other picture of, of, of Peter is him in the yard. Just enough far away from the Lord where he cannot get in trouble, but just enough to see what's going to happen as the Lord is being judged and is being punched and slapped and sped upon. And he's not looking at Jesus now. He's looking at the people saying, oh, you you have an accent. Oh, you you must have been with him. Looking at the little girl accusing him saying, oh, I know you were with Jesus. And he would say, no, 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 not looking at Jesus. He gave into his fear and he denied Jesus by not keeping his eyes on the Lord. Now, we have fear that is groundless. Psychologists have looked at this and have analyzed it. And there's top 12 fears that have, they have analyzed years ago. The top number one fear, you know what it is? You guys have heard about this, right? Speaking before people. All right? How many of you have the courage to get up and talk to people? There you go. Not many. Uh, They see that 40% of people have this, and it's called topophobia. All right. Next one is being afraid of heights. Have you been at the edge of of, of, of the building or at the edge of the mountain? Well, some of you won't get close to the edge of the mountain. I do, and I look down, and man, I just want to jump. Most people want to step as far away as possible. You're afraid of heights. Right? 30% of people, that's called acrophobia. 
How many of you are afraid of insects and bugs and don't live in Florida, right? Uh, 20%, this is called entomophobia, like we get ants from that. Entomophobia, being afraid of insects and bugs. Oh, number four, financial problems. How many of you here have that financial problem? 20%, it's called a dollarphobia. No, it's not called that. Or brocophobia. No, it's called atophobia. Disease. Are you the kind of person that whenever you hear that's around you has a certain illness? Or you see it on TV like, oh, I got that. Uh, that's called fatophobia. That's not being everything fat. It's just called fatophobia. 20% are afraid of disease. And there's a fear of death, a thanatophobia, fear of flying, aerophobia. There's fear of loneliness, monophobia, fear of dogs, sinophobia. Fear of driving in a car with me. No, in general. Fear of driving in a car. Acophobia. I have no idea where that comes from. And fear of darkness. Now, such fears we deal with, and, and you may have and harbor such fears. Some you will not talk about. The problem is, how do we take these fears and embrace them, and how do they impact our spiritual life, our spiritual growth, and how do we miss out in living this abundant life in Jesus because we are having these fears that drive us or, or, or slow us down or put on the brakes. Someone, Dennis Waitley, um, took the word fear, F-E, E-A-R, you guys know, and he, he broke that up. He says that fear is false education appearing as real. Fear, false education appearing as real. So there's a lot of lying in behind, behind fear. That's why Jesus says that truth will set you free. Whether you speak it out loud so you will hear it and laugh at yourself... At times when I sit with people and they deal with fears, I say, listen, don't let this hurricane and tornado just fly through your mind. Sit down, write these things down, and then you give these to the Lord, and you read Scripture that actually clarified all these things have no meaning, no power, no use. The truth will set you free. Fear, someone says, and we'll look at a couple of Proverbs. Fear makes problems seem greater than they really are. A German proverb, there you are, says, fear makes the wolf bigger than he is. Did you grow up knowing that? Fear is a, is a wolf, makes the wolf bigger than he is. Or fear makes man believe the worst. The Spanish proverb says, he who fears death cannot enjoy life. Or go all the way back in history to Horace, talking about slaves in the Roman Empire. He said, who lives in fear will never be a free man. Not just that, but fear will hinder your ability to serve the Lord. Stanley Jones said, fear is the sand and the machinery of life. When we fear people, we fear failure. And when we, we, we embrace by that fear, we will not serve the Lord as we have been called. We will not talk to people about Jesus because we're afraid that they will reject us. How about being afraid that they'll reject Him? It's not about us, right? Fear will, will shut your mouth and you can't talk about Jesus that set you free. Fear will not allow you to exercise your spiritual gifts. You can sing, you can serve, you can give, you can encourage, you can sit and pray with people right away. Fear will just put you in a corner 
and you'll be fruitless. Fear will not let you get out of your safe space. Fear will stop you from loving people because you've been hurt so many times. You want to protect your heart, so you give in to that fear and you won't know how to love your neighbor. Fear motivates us to disobey God, to do things that are displeasing to God. Going back to young people, teenagers are afraid of failing in school, 44%. What do they do? They cheat, plagiarize, do whatever it takes. Go on the internet and change grades, right? Just so you don't fail. Or, or, or people are afraid of being lonely, so they make decisions. One night stands, or whoever it is. And when Scripture says, do not be unequally yoked. Christians are not allowed by Scripture to date non-Christians. You trust and have faith in God that He's got someone for you, which He has planned from before time began, and you were born. You have faith in Him. You're not afraid of that loneliness. Young people being afraid of rejection. What do you do with all these fears? Well, this is what I want to close with. Next week, we'll take a look and see what the Lord Jesus says and how He leads us in dealing with fears in a very particular way. But before that, think of the Father. God the Father. The one that Scripture talks about. He has so much more. So much more has He done for you. So much more He cares for you. We fear because we do not know who the Father is. That's why Jesus says, you fear because you don't know who I am. You believe in God, believe also in me. Do not fear. Here's who God the Father is as we look in the Old Testament. He's personally committed to you. He that has created you. He has, that has worked out the path of your footsteps of your life. He that has organized, orchestrated, and He leads your life. And whatever He allows in your life is not without His hand protecting you and allowing as much as He has planned that you would be made more like Christ no matter what you go through. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. I'm with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God, all-powerful, omnipresent, all-knowing. Don't be afraid. I am your God. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to strengthen you. I will help you no matter what you go through. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 43, 1. Fear not. I have redeemed you. In other words, I've made you my own. I have forgiven you and given you life, eternal life. Do not fear. I've called you by name. You are mine. Do not fear. Joshua 1.9, as he has lost his leader, the vision caster, the strong man called Moses, God is looking at Joshua saying, Moses is not your God. And many times we embrace our family members 
in situations as if they are our redeemers. And God says, no. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Why? We got to ask the question, why should I not be dismayed, wondering what I'm going to do next? Why I should not be frightened of what may happen? How can I be strong and courageous? For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Back to the skydiving experience when I went for the first time many years ago. I didn't know how things would develop. What they do is they put a harness on you, but you don't get a parachute. Wait, what? I'm going to jump out of the plane, no parachute? No, they don't give you a parachute when you go the first time. They give you an instructor called a tandem master. And he's got a parachute. He's got two parachutes. And they try to teach you how to skydive from that first jump. They tell you, you open up uh, at 5,000 feet, you grab this thing, you pull it at 5,000 feet, and then it opens up, and then they allow you to guide the parachute. And the question was, and it's asked, I'm sure, every single time, if I'm supposed to look at my altimeter, which by the way, when you first go skydiving, you will not remember a thing. And remembering to look at your altimeter, you're not going to remember to look at your altimeter. All you're going to see is the earth coming at you real fast. And your hair is on fire and you're trying to breathe. And he's back there having a good time. And you're just dying up here horrified. And the question is, what if, what if I don't pull the chute to open it up? He tapped me on my shoulder. That's why I'm here. But, 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 but what if I have a malfunction? That's why I'm here. I have a second parachute. So you, you're walking with the Lord, and when you're in the air, you don't even feel Him back there. And you may think you've got no parachute, no solution, no salvation, no redemption, no answer. Do not fear. I am with you. I am your God. God has it under control. Even when you are not in control. You think when Peter was flopping around in the water and screaming, Lord, have mercy on me, save me. You think Jesus went, (gasps) (laughs) I think Jesus just picked him up and they walked on water back to the boat. Do not fear. For you have not been given a spirit of fear, but of love and power and self-control. Don't run around like rats being, I don't know, flooded in the boat, screaming, what? No! No, no, self-control. Coming back to the Lord, say, Lord, I know you got this and I can't wait to see what you're going to do. And so, Jesus, we praise and worship you. And again, Father, we release and relinquish the control of our lives to your hands. Fill us with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of love and strength. As Lord, as we run to your word, for we need your word 
to live in our lives, through our lives, that we would stand and not fear. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, you tell us, fear not, for I am with you. Thank you, Father, for this promise and for your faithfulness, even when we are fearful. Lord, we believe. Help us in our unbelief. Amen. This wraps up our series, Faith Over Fear. Please join us next time as we start our new series, Faith Overcoming Fear. Thank you for listening. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. For more information about our church, visit us online at trinityefcboise.org or by phone 208-322-8801. Our church is located at 1777 North Allenbaugh Street in Boise. We'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at 11 a.m. Join us next week at this time as we go through and apply God's Word on Scriptures for Life.